This is the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard, walking you through all the steps you need to train the perfect puppy for your lifestyle. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Puppy Podcast. In this week's episode, I want to talk to you all about communication. Now, communicating with our puppies, although may seem quite straightforward for some, it's actually got a lot of aspects in it, and it can take a long time to master because time is everything. Now, in order to strengthen our communication with our puppies, we need to understand how our puppies learn. So, all puppies, dogs, whatever, all learn by association. They have three types of associations they can possibly have, and that's a positive one, a neutral one, and a negative one. They are not rational thinkers, so it's impossible for them to be stubborn or understand you scolding them because they've peed on the rug. It's literally impossible. They simply just do not understand. They only understand what their association is to certain things, certain stimulus, distractions, whatever. So, knowing they learn by association, that simply means a positive association is they want to do it again, a neutral one is they're indifferent, they don't really care, and a negative one is they don't want to do it again, they don't want to come towards it, or, as I like to also call it in a real-life environment, is it's almost like a pressure system. So, positive pressure is they want to come towards it, negative pressure is they want to come away from it. And nature is just like, they've got no push and pull effect towards it. And it's why um, when we socialize our puppies, we always want a neutral pressure, neutral response to things, because they don't want to come towards it nor away from it. Therefore, they are automatically very confident. But we're not talking about socialization today. I will definitely talk about it in a future episode. And until then, on the second episode, I talk to you about socialization before the second vaccinations, which will be absolutely fine until I talk to it more in depth in another episode. So when teaching our puppies, we always teach them what we want or they want rather. No, we want (laughs) in order for them to understand because we need to teach them yes before we teach them no. So I don't correct puppies. I won't correct them until minimum six months. And even then, if it obviously if it's not needed, then I'm not just going to correct for the sake of it. And if you've done everything right up until six months, then you won't really have to, which is a beautiful thing about having a puppy. I always say, you know, you have the perfect Um, position to set your puppy up for success and prevent all these bad behaviors, including having to correct them. Because that is literally what it is. If they've got bad habits, then you have to correct them. If If they don't, then you just keep having to reinforce and reward things. So when teaching our puppies what we want, we use their motivators. We want that, again, that pressure to come towards something and associate that. So puppies usually have three. Some have more of one and some have less of some. That is toys, food, praise and affection. Some might be more toy motivated, some might be more food oriented and some really, really like affection. Most like three, but it really, really does depend. And all puppies should like their food. Now I know some of my clients have struggled with food. However, I think they're on the right track, finally. 
So whatever we want them to do, we need to teach them a positive association so they want to keep doing it. For example, sit. We pair that with food, toys, praise, whatever. Same with heel, down, eye contact, all these basic behaviors. We need to teach them these things. Same with like response to stuff. If they look at us over looking at the dog across the street, then we want to pair that with a positive association, reward them, so they'll want to keep doing it. The thing is though, when rewarding our puppies, is we only have 1.2 seconds to tell them that is the behavior we want. And with our puppies, or any dog for that matter, we cannot deliver that in time. Unless we're working on duration, which then you've got a little bit of leeway. For example, Tiggy will basically hold a sit and a stare at me. Um, Not that it's on command, but she'll just sit there and stare at me for, God, ages. So I don't have to necessarily go you know, with that 1.2 seconds. However, in the beginning, I definitely had to. So the biggest problem, and yeah, it really is the biggest problem in, so to speak, today's society, and that is owners not knowing how to reward their dogs correctly and they're usually rewarding for the wrong thing or wrong time and timing is so 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 important so in order to tell our puppies that we'd like them to do something we need to pair it with a marker so there are two types of reward markers there's a terminal one and a continuation one and you have two ways of telling your puppy what they are, and that is verbally or with a clicker. Now, I think I spoke a little bit about this, but I'm really not sure, and I honestly don't even know what episode it was, so I doubt it. But if I have, then, and you've listened to it, then great. If not, I'll go through it again. A verbal marker is simply me talking to my dog and telling them that I want them to do something. It should be quick. The great thing is it's free unless you lose your voice. But unfortunately, it's very inconsistent. The good thing about a clicker is it's very, very consistent. But it's not free. And if you're anything like me, you'll lose it. Because I currently, I have no idea where mine is. So I just stick to a verbal one. Plus, you know, when you're dealing with leads and food and toys and all that, you just don't have the, you know enough hands for also a clicker and when teaching my clients I find that especially with lead walking the coordination side of things I just don't bother with clickers because that's just another kind of hassle for them to deal with until they get the coordination right plus a verbal market is sufficient enough Now, I say yes, it's short, sweet, and easy, and I use a good boy or good girl for the continuation, but I'll go into continuation in a little bit. But the thing is, it should be a single sound, such as yes, because it needs to be, you know, short and sweet, sharp, sharp, yep, done and dusted. That's how... That's the goal for a terminal marker. You need to reward every time you say it and your puppy can break the behavior once they've had the reward. So it is the end of the behavior. The thing is, is you need to charge it up before you can properly use it and use it sufficiently with your puppy. And I'll go into how to charge it in a little bit. 
That continuation is a few more words such as good, good boy, good girl, well done, whatever. And it usually means good job, continue what you are doing. You don't reward every time. You use verbal praise to keep them from continuing what they want. Usually used for duration things like duration down and whatnot. And they can't break it until you tell them to. So for example, you might go, good, good, well done, you know, spaced out. And then you might go, yes, and then reward it. Or you might give a break command or whatnot. But again, I'm not going to talk to you about this in this week's episode. So now that you know your markers, you can start communicating hopefully a little bit better with your puppy. Now, I want to talk to you now about charging it. It's very easy. You just simply pair the word, for example, yes, which I highly recommend using, with food. So literally you go, yes, reward, yes, reward, yes, reward, loads and loads and loads of times. Now you don't want to say it so, so, so much where it becomes almost white noise and boring, but just a few times um, and constantly, but like, yes, 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 like rewarding every time. And then you can start going into shaping behaviors and using it more productively in a training session. So you might learn a sit, yes, as soon as the bum hits the floor, reward it. Whenever your puppy does something that you like, you mark the behavior and then you follow it by a reward. It's very easy. It's very straightforward. The hardest thing is your timing must be very, very, very good. And that is, what do you call it? Like the, it can win or break it, basically. You know, if your timing isn't good, it can absolutely ruin the whole behavior. If your time is really good, it's the best thing ever. And that is what really makes a difference between one trainer and another trainer is their timing. Hands down, timing is everything. The other thing is a pattern. So because they learn by association, it's about getting into the rhythm of marking before you reward or get the food out and just focus on the marking and then just focus on the rewarding. Remember, they're two separate things, even though we put them hand in hand. It's very confusing. And this is when in-person training is vital because your timing is so, so, so important. And yeah, like I said, it can make or break. That's make or break your training, which leads me to talking about my brand new download. So I've just released a free four-week puppy training plan that takes you through the first four weeks with your brand new puppy, what to work on and when. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you to download it. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode and hope it found it useful. Hopefully I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Perfect Puppy Podcast with Miriam Pollard. For more tips and advice, follow Think Dog Academy on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.